Good evening, TPC family, and welcome to our Wednesday night service. Uh, tonight, I'm going to start a four-week series as we're preparing for Easter. This series is called The Road to Easter. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the story in Luke chapter 24, The Road to Emmaus, uh, as far as the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And we're going to look at their experience uh, on that road, their experience with Jesus, their experience with the transformation they experienced in their encounter with Jesus and how that can translate to us today. You know, a lot of us, uh, we're going through a lot, you know, the, especially this last year, you know, uh, I can't believe it's been a year uh, since this whole COVID-19 thing started. Um, you know, I remember uh, a year ago this time when we were just entering into all the shutdowns and all that other stuff. Uh, you know, we were thinking, well, it'll be a couple weeks. Well, you know, here we are a year later and we're still dealing with this. And a lot has happened in this last year, not just with COVID-19, but in, in respect to uh, just things in life, um, you know, the normal life stuff and then and many other things that, that are going on that, that COVID has certainly exasperated and added pressure to just a lot of things, just a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of life in this last year. So I want to, I really want to look at this story in Luke chapter 24 and how they, the experience of these disciples can help us deal with and, and overcome all these life challenges that we're facing right now. Uh, because the experience and the encounter and the transformation that they experienced uh, on that road with Jesus, with their encounter with Jesus, is an experience we can have today. Uh, we can experience that type of transformation in our own lives, that type of um, encounter in the midst of all our challenges, all our problems, those type of things. So we're going to spend four weeks on this. I'm going to break it down into four different messages in the series, uh, The Road to Easter. So let me go through the, the titles of each, and then we're going to focus on week number one. So this week, we're going to look at walking through the valley. Uh, you know, again, as I've said here in um, 2020, 2021, you know, this last year, we're, we've definitely walked through a valley, a, a valley that uh, nobody saw coming in a valley that's affecting literally the entire world. So we're going to look at that tonight, walking through the valley. Next week, we're going to look at walking with the master. And we're talking about the road to Easter. And on this road, we are walking through a valley, but we also need to be walking with the master. And next week, we'll talk about how important it is to walk with Jesus and how that relationship with Jesus can change us and impact us and transform us. Then week three, we'll, we'll talk about walking in the light, how important the light of Jesus, the light of the word of God is in regards to our lives and, and how that can transform us and how can, that can change our perspective. And then finally, in week four, the week before Easter, we will uh, look at walking in victory. So those are the four messages we'll, we'll look at over these next four weeks. But tonight, I want to focus on Message number one in this series, The Road to Easter, titled Walking Through the Valley. And again, 
Uh, we're going to talk about Luke chapter 24. So if you have your Bibles, your tablets, your phones, whatever, uh, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to start in verse 13. Now, I'm not going to read the whole story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus uh, tonight. We will go through the whole thing. <clears throat> I'm just going to focus on the first part uh, tonight in, in the context of walking through the valley. But before we get, begin, uh, let's let's pray and let's ask the Lord to give us wisdom tonight, uh, uh, a, a, an insight into the the truth of His Word, uh, the truth of what He is trying to communicate through this story in in the Gospel of Luke, and how it can change our lives, how it can impact us practically today. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. And, and Lord, tonight, I just pray for each and every person that is listening to this, either as we broadcast it live or, or later. Lord, I just pray that you would enter into their life in these few moments that we have together, that you would uh, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, that that um, as you speak to them, Lord, you give them uh, just the right words, the right insight, the right perspective in the context of their life. So, Lord, I thank you for doing it. And, Lord, I pray that um, as as we spend this time together tonight, Lord, that we would walk away with, with an understanding that you are with us. Uh, Lord, you have never and will never abandon us. And, and no matter what valley we walk through, Lord, you will take us through in order to grow us, to release us, and Lord, to to transform us into the people you've created us to be. And Lord, I thank you for doing it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's get started. I'm going to start off uh, by reading just the first part of this story here in the book of Luke. Uh, again, it's Luke chapter 24. I'm going to be reading verses 13 through 35. So this is kind of a long passage, so kind of bear with me here a little bit. Again, if you've got your Bible with you, your tablet, your phone, uh, computer, whatever, uh, you can go ahead and read along. Uh, I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. So let's begin. Luke 24, starting verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they walked together, all of these, or they talked together, all of these things which had happened. Of course, they're talking about uh, the crucifixion, you know, Jesus dying. At this point, they are, are not a hundred percent sure that he's resurrected. They've kind of heard that he, he's not in the tomb anymore, but they have not seen it. Uh, so they're just kind of talking about all these things. Uh, picking up here in verse 15. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you are having with one another as you are walking and are sad? So clearly, as they're discussing all this stuff, they're they're looking at it from a very negative perspective. They're, which is understandable. You know, here's Jesus, the the Messiah, and he's he's crucified, he's he's died, and now he's been buried. And you know, all their hopes of this Messiah have just been crushed. So clearly they're sad, and, and Jesus recognizes this. Uh, pick, pick it up in verse 18. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, and I love this question, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened here in these days? In other words, come on, man. 
everybody knows what just happened. How can you not know what's going on? And Jesus said to them, uh, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the peoples, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Okay, again, so here's their perspective. You know, they're, they're looking at just what happened, uh, that he was crucified and he's, he, he has died. Now, again, they continue, but we were hoping, this is key, we were hoping, and we're going to talk about this here in a minute, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb earlier astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that he had all, they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And here's uh, verse uh, 24. So I'm going to stop at 24 today. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So today it's 13 through 24. Okay, so here's the disciples, uh, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they're just talking about all this stuff, you know? And Jesus comes along and said, hey, uh, what are y'all talking about? And they're like, well, how can you not know? I mean, everybody's talking about this. So they give Jesus their perspective of what's happened. And, and there's a key uh, key key aspect uh, of their perspective that is revealed here in verse 21. Uh, they say, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. So they have a certain perspective, a certain expectation of Jesus, and clearly he didn't live up to that, that, that expectation. Now, let me give you a little bit of context here. You know, when Jesus shows up, uh, Israel is under Roman rule, and it's very oppressive rule. Um, they're, they're basically not to the same degree uh, as they were in Egypt, where, where they're under the, the the oppressive rule of Egypt. But they're not their own country. You know, they're they're completely controlled by Rome, and their hope, the 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 Jewish people's hope at that point, was when the Messiah came. The Messiah would deliver them from Rome, that he would reestablish Israel to its former glory as far as a nation, a political nation, you know, raise up his king, throw off the yoke of, of Rome and, and, and defeat Rome and, and set them free in that type of respect. So that was their expectation. And we even see that in, in the, the disciples, the 12, disciples that, that Jesus had, you know, uh, after, even after he's resurrected, I will read this in the beginning of, of the book of Acts, there he is standing just before he's going to be ascended. And, and the disciples say to him, um, so is it now, <laughs> now are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Cause they're still thinking that Jesus is going to set himself up as, as King and, and deliver Israel in the natural sense. They're not thinking along the spiritual lines. Um, so that's where these disciples are. You know, they're on the road and they're just like, wow, you know, what in the world just happened? So here's, here's what I want to focus on today. You know, a lot of us, especially in this last year, are like, what in the world is happening in the world? I mean, we've got 
all kinds of stuff that have, have occurred in this last year. You know, COVID came along. Then we had this crazy election. Um, and, and then we've got all these, these natural disasters that are taking place. You know, last summer we had the murder of George Floyd and then, uh, we had riots and, and all just, man, there's a million things taking place. A lot of people have, um, lost, uh, loved ones and, and, you know, all the political tension, all the racial tension, uh, just like everything has come to a head, uh, over the, this last year, um. So a lot of people are just like, man, what in the world is going on? And of course, so many people's lives have just been disrupted just by COVID. Uh, you know, whether you've, you've had COVID or you've lost a loved one to COVID or maybe you've lost your job or, you, you know, you're stuck at home, um, all that stuff. Well, we're walking through a valley and these disciples that were on the road to Emmaus were walking through a valley. And as, as they walked through the valley, you know, they, they had a certain perspective. They had certain expectations. Um, you know, and as, as we all do. And, and it's, it's hard when we walk through a valley, uh, because a lot of things happen and a lot of things come against us. Our, our perspective gets distorted. And, you know, in, in that, that process, we need somebody to come along and give us a, a, a new perspective, a different perspective that uh, helps shift our focus. You know, and we see that later on with these disciples and, and we'll see that how God could do that for us. But this week I wanna show and just talk about walking through the valley and some of the dangers that occur as we walk through a valley. And you can think about this, you know, as you walk through this last year, as we've all walked through this last year, there's sort of three things that I, I really wanna talk about um, that will help us when it comes to walking through a valley, um, because we're all going to go through valleys. This, I guarantee you this is not the last valley we will all walk through uh, between now and either when Jesus comes back or we go to him, one of the two. Um, so these three things uh, in regards to walking through the valley, these are going to help us walk through the valley. So let's look at these three things. Uh, three things that will help us walk through the valley. Number one, uh, don't tie your expectations to God's revelation. That's number one. Number two, focus on progress, not problems. And number three, never, never, never quit. Man, that is so important. And I, I'm really looking forward to getting to that one, but we're going to start with number one. Number one, don't tie your expectations to God's revelation. What does that mean? Uh, and, you know, we do this all the time uh, in, in regards to just, you know, the general revelation of the word, or maybe God lays something on our heart. Uh, let me show you here in, in the story of, of the disciples on the road to Emmaus, how they tied their expectation to God's revelation. Of course, we know the Bible reveals that there was a Messiah coming in, and all Israel knew this. But they had a certain expectation of who the Messiah would be, or more, more accurately, what he would do. And we see that again here in verse 21, where the disciples are, are telling Jesus, look, we were hoping it was our expectation that it was he, meaning the Messiah, meaning Jesus, he was going to redeem Israel. Now, of course, that's exactly what Jesus did. But that's not the expectation they had. They didn't expect Jesus to deliver Israel spiritually. 
They wanted Jesus to deliver uh, Israel physically or politically or naturally. That's what they were looking for. And when Jesus didn't live up to that expectation, they were disappointed. Uh, in fact, they were crushed. You know, thus Jesus earlier in the in this passage says, you know, what are you talking about and why are you so sad? Well, here's what happened. They tied their expectation to God's revelation. God revealed to Israel that he was going to send a Messiah. Israel then tied their expectation of political, natural, physical deliverance to that revelation of a deliverer. And when the deliverer, Jesus, didn't live up to their expectation, they became discouraged. They, they, you know, they're here and they're like, what in the world? You know, they were just completely demoralized. You know, a lot of times in our lives, we do the very same thing. You know, we, we get a revelation, whether, you know, we read in the word a, a promise from the Lord, uh, you know, that God heals, saves, and delivers. Um, and we have a, have an expectation of how that promise is going to play out in our life. You know, maybe it's, it's with a relationship or with a job or, or health or something. And we tie our expectation to God's revelation. And when that expectation doesn't come to pass, we assume God hasn't come through for us. Or we assume that either, you know, God can't do it, won't do it. We're just not good enough. He doesn't really love us uh, or whatever. And we get demoralized. We get defeated. And it really, it, it magnifies this valley we're going through. And that's exactly what happened to these disciples here on the road to Emmaus. So we have to be very, very careful that we are not, excuse me, <clears throat> we are not tying our expectation to God's revelation. And really the only way we can, we can see that is asking God to reveal our expectations. Because oftentimes when we have this expectation, we're looking over here and God's doing something over here and we don't see it because we think it's going to happen this way or in this manner or with this outcome and God's doing something different. So when we're walking through the valley, we need to be careful that we don't tie our expectation to God's revelation. That's number one. Number two, we need to focus on progress, not problems. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not saying we need to deny our problems. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we need to ignore our problems. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that in the midst of our problems, we need to be careful that we don't allow the problem to become the prophet of the circumstance. And here's what I mean. Uh, let me give you a, a really good example. Uh, many years ago, I was out in East Texas. Uh, we took a group to go to a, a ministry out in East Texas that ministers to uh, women coming out of uh, drugs and alcohol and addiction. So we had a chance to go over there and we did a, a service one night for them. Then all the girls sort of lined up and we just went down the line and we're praying for all these, these girls who were in this program trying to be, you know, walk in the freedom that Jesus offers from, from addiction. Well, this one particular girl, you know, I was praying for her and, you know, she, she was clearly upset and, and, you know, she was crying and she, you know, she kind of just looked at me and she said, man, she said, 
She said, I just got to be honest. Um, she said, I just want to run out the back door right now and, and go back to what I was doing. You know, I was doing meth and I was getting high all the time. And she said, I'm just, I have this overwhelming desire to do that right now. And she said, I just feel so defeated. The fact that I even want to do that or have that, that desire to do that. So, you know, as I'm listening to her, uh, I, you know, I said, Hey, okay. I get that. You know, I get that you have this desire right now. I said, so let me ask you, why are you standing here talking to me right now? And you haven't gone out that back door. She said, well, I, you know, I know I, I have this desire to do it, but I, I want to be free. I, I really don't want to do it. I said, okay. Uh, I said about, you know, say a year or two ago, uh, when you were out doing it and, and you weren't here, if you had that feeling, that desire uh, to do meth, uh, what would you have done? She said, oh, I just would have gone to my dealer, got some meth and done it, you know? Uh, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. I said, okay, so you wouldn't be wrestling with it. You weren't wrestling with it back then like you are now. She said, no, I, I, there was no, there was, you know, there's no thought. I was just, I just go do it. I said, okay, so why are you wrestling with it now? If you weren't wrestling with it back then, and you are wrestling with it now, what's different? And, you know, she just kind of stopped for a minute. And I said, let me, let me, let me kind of change your, your perspective for a minute. I said, I, I understand you have this temptation right now to go do, do meth, to get high on meth. But there's also a desire in you that's different today than a couple of years ago. Because a couple of years ago, you, you wouldn't have struggled with it. But all of a sudden, you're struggling with it today. What is causing the struggle? And I said, look, there's a different person in you today than existed a year or two ago. And that person wants to be free. And it's that person that's causing you to struggle. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went on and she realized for the first time that she was focusing on the wrong end of the problem. She realized that, oh my gosh, I am making progress because I haven't gone out the back door to do meth right now. I'm just, I'm struggling, but the, the struggle is, and it is the evidence of progress with this problem. You know, in our lives, when, when we have temptations, uh, when we struggle with stuff or we got problems going on, it's so easy to focus on the problem and miss the progress we have made in our lives to face those problems. You know, here, here the, the, the disciples on, on the road to Emmaus, you know, despite their problem, you know, and their problem was God was supposed to deliver Israel and, you know, Jesus is dead. You know, that, that's a problem. But what they missed was, if they just really kind of thought through this, was first of all, the, the, the word promises that God would place the Messiah on the throne of David for all eternity. So even if there's a death, there's got to be something God can do to overcome death in order for this new king to reign for all eternity. Also, Jesus had raised other people 
from the dead while he was alive. So certainly there's got to be something that could change what the reality was, the fact. Now that, you know, they didn't deny the fact that Jesus was dead. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying deny the fact of your problem, but we have to look beyond that sometimes to number one, the progress we, we've made. You know, clearly they'd made some serious progress because they've walked with Jesus. They knew who Jesus was. They'd seen it. They developed this new hope they hadn't had before Jesus showed up. And in our lives, you know, like this, this girl who had made significant progress in her, her addiction, um, she just got caught up in the problem side again and missed the progress. So when we're walking through the valley, we have to be careful that we don't allow the problem to become our profit. Uh, we are making progress and, and we need that perspective of progress in regards to overcoming the, the aspect of uh, our perspective so we don't lose perspective and let me let me share with you what the apostle paul says uh in philippians chapter 3 starting in verse 12 paul says this not that i have already attained or am already perfected okay i'm not there yet okay i'm not perfect i've still got problems i've still got struggles i've still got things i need to work on but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward the things which are ahead. Paul says, look, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm still a work in progress, but I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to focus on the things that are going well. I'm going to focus on the things, the progress that I've made, letting go of those things that have held me back in the past. And part of that progress is learning to let go. Part of that progress is experiencing the transforming power of Jesus to overcome those temptations, overcome those problems. And that's what this, 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 this girl was, was experiencing. Uh, she was experiencing the transforming power of Jesus Christ to overcome the power of sin, that temptation to go do meth. What she just didn't realize was she was experiencing more progress than she saw, than she was focusing on. Again, I'm not saying deny your problems, but focus on the progress. Focus on what Jesus can and has done and will do. So when you're in the valley, focus more on the progress than on the problem. And then finally, number three, never Never, never quit. Never quit. Why is it so important to never quit? Well, Paul tells us that in, in the book of Galatians. Uh, starting, uh, it's in chapter 6, starting in verse 7. Paul says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And here's here's the big one, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not quit. The enemy does not have any power over you other than to deceive you. Okay, the enemy can't knock you out of God's plans. But what he can do is deceive you and get you to quit. 
It's the only way you can get knocked out is if you quit. And, you know, the, these disciples on the road to Emmaus, they're, you know, they're probably pretty close to quitting because from their perspective, you know, they, they didn't see their expectation come to pass. They were focusing on the problem and they're on that road potentially to going, oh, okay, we're done. You know, if you remember the apostle Peter said, I'm going back to fishing. Who's with me? You know, and Jesus went back and, and obviously had an encounter with him and said, hey, this is not the life you're meant to live. And, you know, and a lot of us um, on the on the road of Christianity uh, encounter problems and we encounter difficulties and we're tempted at, at times to quit. And sometimes, like with, with Peter, you know, it takes Jesus coming to a place in our life to go, hey, you're not meant for this life. You're meant for something else. Let's get back on the road. Uh, you know, and the great thing is, even if we do quit, God will never quit on us. So he will constantly pursue us. And that's what we see here with, with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Is there, you know, they're just walking on the road to Emmaus. They're like, man, what in the world are we going to do now? And here comes Jesus. In the midst of their valley, to give them a different perspective, to to show them that their expectations do not match God's revelation, to show them that there's a lot more progress than you realize, and you're just focusing on the problem, and to to preempt them from quitting. So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter how long this whole COVID thing goes on, never, never, never quit. Because in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not quit. And that's what we're going to see next week with these disciples who are walking on this road to Emmaus. Even though they're walking through a valley, there's so much more that was in store for them. So let me recap for you this week. When you're walking through a valley, number one, don't tie your expectations to God's revelation. Number two, focus on progress, not problems. And number three, never, never, never quit. Because God will never quit on you. God's promises will never fail. And again, as long as you continue to sow those good seeds in due season, you will reap a good harvest. So I just want to encourage you tonight, uh, no matter where you are, whether you're in a valley or you know what's going on, those three things can help you in this. And it really sets us up for next week uh, when we talk about walking with the master, because that's the next step. You know, uh, as we walk down this road to Easter, uh, we're walking through the valley, but next week we'll talk about walking with the master and how important that is. So I'm really glad that uh, y'all chose to uh, join us tonight. So let me pray for you uh, as we um, as we come to a close and and as we we look at how we can apply the word of God in our lives. So I hope that helped you tonight. So let me pray for you. Father in Jesus name, Lord, I thank you for each and every person that is watching tonight. Lord, I thank you um that wherever they are, Lord, you are with them. Lord, you will never abandon them. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would show them where 
they may be tying expectations to your revelation, Lord, where they may be too focused on the problem rather than on the progress that has been made in their life, the transformation that has occurred in their life. And then ultimately, Lord, I just pray that you would encourage each and every person that they never quit, that your promises are true and that you will bring about a harvest in their life. Uh, in due season. So Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for them. I thank you for your promises and the truth of your word. And I thank you for the transforming power of Jesus in Jesus name. Amen. Again, thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, you know, I also want to thank you for your continued faithful partnership with us, uh, your financial giving at Turning Point Church. Uh, because of your financial giving, we can continue to do things like this. We can continue our ministry on Sunday mornings, and we can continue to do all the other things that we've been doing. Uh, you know, we had the opportunity to give give away a whole bunch of water uh, for those who are in need because of the whole snowmageddon that occurred here a few weeks ago. And we, we bless so many people in our community because of your faithful giving. So thank you for your partnership. You know, if, if you've never had the opportunity to partner with us, there's three ways you can do that here at Turning Point Church. You can you can partner with us online at tpcfamily.org slash give. You can text the word give to 817-617-4378 or you can mail your offering to 10,700 Old Burleson Road, Fort Worth, Texas 76140. Again, thank you so much for your partnership. Thank you for joining us tonight and I look forward to seeing you next week as we continue on the road to Easter.